Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday! Um, oh, what the fuck? I thought it was March 30th. March 29th. Jesus Christ! This month's never gonna end. I'm telling you right now, if you, every year you're just like, oh my God, the year is flying by. I know I've said this a million times, but I, I cannot stress enough how slow the, the, the a month will go by if you're not partying at all. If you're straight edge, it's just, if you're just sober, sober just slows it down. You know? You go from watching full court fast break basketball to a pitcher's duel. Actually, a pitcher's duel takes... Kind of goes quicker, doesn't it? The strike, well, unless they're mowing people down. I don't know what it is. All I know is it's taken a long time. All right? And uh, I almost, almost smoked a cigar yesterday. My wife gave me the green light. We were hanging out, right? We were having a good time. And weed is legal out here, man. So my wife went into a store and bought herself a doobie, man. And... um. She's like, isn't your cigar bar across the street? Isn't there a cigar bar? I was like, why, yes, there is. She goes, why don't you meet me over there? So I say, okay. So I go in there and I start browsing. Oh, and I'm smelling the smells, right? And there's, and there's all these fucking guys. Not a lot of guys, but there's people in there smoking cigars. And they're cigar smokers. So they're cool. They're not talking. They're just smoking their cigars, just fucking chilling, watching a game, Right? Cigar bars, right? It's, it's where adults go until the broads show up and then it gets fucking late. And the second they show up, you know, becomes another thing, you know, um, unless they're cool, which, you know, in fairness to the broads, like there's very few cool guys. And I'm going to say that I'm a cool guy the way that all of these white people are just saying that they're woke because they said so. <laughs> okay. If you can say you're woke, then I could say I'm cool. If, if that's how the game's played. If I if I am whatever you say that oh whatever I say I am I'm gonna re, I'm do a remix of the the, the Eminem song, um, so I go in there and I start browsing right and then the owner comes in hey I haven't seen you in a while I'm like hey you know I kind of been laying it off he's like hey I got a great cigar for you to come back to and I was like hey why don't you show me what it is. Because I was looking at one of those little, uh, one of the nubs there. My, my favorite little fucking afternoon one there. The little Connecticut nub, right? So he goes, I got something for you. I got something. This, this, see this cigar? This is the cigar you want. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm holding my hand, smelling it. Oh, it's right there, right? Fucking paying for the crack, right? Whatever the heroin I'm tying off my fucking, I'm getting into it. And then I'm just like, you know what? No, I can't do this. I only got a couple more days. I said I was going to fucking do it. I'm going to fucking do it. And um, I, I, I just left. I just, I, you know what I did? I, I got a soda or a pop if you're from the Midwest. And I, um, I went into, uh, and I just, he let me sit. I've, I've spent enough fucking money in there. He let me hang and drink a fucking Coke. Then my wife came over. You know what I mean? She took a couple of puffs. Yeah, we were hanging. We just had like the best day. I was driving my old truck, which I just got fixed. You know, I had a problem with the uh, um, the steering, uh, power steering or whatever, the, 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 the steering assembly. Uh, it's been leaking forever and sort of fixed it. You know, those old fucking trucks, there's always something leaking. 
but I was driving around and there was a guy, actually my wife Instagrammed it. There was this guy in front of us had like, I think a Lamborghini and the license plate said your week, which I thought was funny. I mean, you know, are you really being arrogant? I mean, you got a fucking Lamborghini. You got to talk a little shit, right? And then he had like the aluminum foil wrap on it on the outside where, you know, if you stand at this angle, it's gold. If you're at that angle, it's silver. And he's cranking the stereo. It's fucking hilarious. He's in like stop and go traffic just going, wham, 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 wham. Wham, 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 wham. Fucking hilarious. And, you know, of course, I was fucking laughing, just going, oh, my God, look at me. Acknowledge that I'm here, right? So I was a couple of cars behind, and uh, I actually saw this older guy was there. He said, "You know what? I'd rather have that old truck than the fucking Lamborghini." That made me feel good, right? I was just—we just had a great day. Then we went out. We got lunch. I had a great day hanging with my wife, um, and I didn't fuck up. I've kind of, you know, I was doing well with the food. I tried to go like plant based. And I, last weekend, I made a fucking chocolate malt. And I'm telling you, the food's a drug. I, I fucking went back to the crack pipe. And then this week, I was just like, yeah, you know, I lost a good six pounds. And you know what? I think I put them all back on. I, I didn't have the fucking courage to back, get back on the scale, you know. But I did a show last night. Somebody took a picture, and I saw my belly was pushing out, you know. You know what the worst thing? Even the second you get just a little bit of a gut, it makes, you, it makes your pecs look like man tits. You just can't have your stomach pushing your T-shirt out. If that's happening, then you got to upgrade to the button down. And if it's still happening, then you got to get a sweater. And it just, it never fucking ends. You just got to keep adding layers, you know? So whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm starting from a better place than I did the last time. It's just, I can't fucking lose weight unless I'm doing cardio. Whatever that guy on YouTube, you know, Cardio burns fat, right? No. Whatever the fuck he's talking about, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm an alien, but it works for me. It works. It works for me. Remember Bobby and Whitney? Um, I, uh, yeah, I got to get an elliptical in my life or something like that. Because even when I just walk up the hills out here, there are plenty of parks and shit and do the stairs. It's, you just don't burn as much um, calories, I don't think, unless you're on like a fucking elliptical because it's essentially I'm running without pounded my feet and my knees you know i'm just wearing out my hips so anyway i just had a fucking awesome weekend you know i did a couple of really fun shows i worked three nights in a row you know i did a show friday night at uh supernova is what they call it i did a show there and then i did my um what the hell was the show I did, oh, I did my Australia-New Zealand show. I had a fucking great time doing that. And I got to work with Al Del Benny, who I started off with, who was the funniest I've ever seen him. So I can't imagine how funny he is in front of an actual, like, live crowd. Because, you know, there is sort of, like, that delay as you're doing it just a little bit. But, like, he was so goddamn funny, and he had this bit about, uh, speaking of hip replacements, he got a hip replacement, and they gave him some pills and it caused him to fall off the wagon. And it's the best shit I've ever seen him do. And I've known him for almost 30 years. And it was uh, it was so good. We got to talk via the Zoom thing right before we got caught up a little bit. I just miss that guy. I fucking love him to death, man. So if you're down under, 
And Al Dalbeni is performing anywhere. Go see that guy. Absolutely fucking hilarious. He's a good cunt. Whatever the fuck you say down there. Um, thank you to people in New Zealand who also showed up. Um, it was cool seeing you guys hanging out in your living rooms and all that type of shit. Seeing what you were laughing about, what you weren't. I will admit, towards the end, I thought I was kind of bombing. But what happens is, is when people are too loud next to their microphones, they start to mute people. So in the end, I thought I was like bombing. But then I got all these texts saying, no, man, you killed, you killed. So I was relieved that it went well. And somebody had a dog that was like barking or something in the other room. So they couldn't figure out who it was. And they never quite got to him. So, um, but it wasn't barking nonstop. But it was still, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, anyway, so my truck's fixed. And, you know, I had to talk my wife into riding. She yeah, bounces around too much. I like... It's like, come on, man. It's the weekend. Get to take my fucking good-looking woman out, you know? This is, this is what it is. Come on. Let's, she's like, all right, all right. I had a great time. You know what was cool? We pulled up to the restaurant, and, you know, my truck shifts three on the tree. So I was like, you know how to drive, like, you know, shift on the column? He goes, I do, but why don't you just back it up right here? And, just, and, he, and he gave me that little thing, you know, that little, you know, well, they don't valet it. They let you leave it in front of it. That little extra fucking, you know, thing made me feel cool. And I got out. And of course, I quote Goodfellas, right? I walked by, you know, my wife's like, they're going to let you leave it right there? I said, yeah. And I looked at her and I go, it was out of respect. <laughs> so, of course, she rolls her eyes. Oh, God. And goes in. She liked it. She liked, she liked that. I got to fuck. I, I like to think she did. Um, anyways. Isn't that what every toxic fucking person says? Isn't that their catchphrase? She liked it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> plowing ahead here. So, um, and then lastly, I finally got all of these pictures that I had. I finally just got somebody to come over here, put them up, and, uh, and then put my TV where it needed to be so I could get my stereo. I bought a hi-fi, man. And my speakers are on either side of the table underneath the stereo. I'm so fucking psyched. And you know what kills me? I've been waiting to do that for like two years. Not two years because I got the stereo last year. But like I knew it was fucked up the second I got in here. And I just, for some reason, I just kept thinking, oh, fuck, they're going to come in here. This is going to take forever. These guys were done in like under two hours. And um, I finally, you know, I got this cool picture of me and Patrice. I got one of me and DeRosa. And then I got this big space on my wall and I got a, there's a good photographer out here and I'm going to get one, a me, Verzi and Bartnick next time we do a show or whatever, smoking cigars or some shit. I'm going to get a cool black and white one. And then I got to get one of myself and my wife and then one of me with the whole family. And then I'm good. You know, I got my parents over in the corner. It's fucking, the whole thing came together. Just had a great weekend, right? And just when the weekend couldn't get, oh, and then I had another show. Call them old Billy shows this weekend. I did uh, I did a show at the Rose Bowl, not in the Rose Bowl. We were at the Rose Bowl, so we were in the lawn. As my dad says, the lawn. Christ, did you mow the fucking lawn? Well, why not? Well, it's just like your studies. You're fucking off. Oh Christ, you're just like your mother. Um. We were on like, we had like the lawn like uh, area on, on the side where you could actually see where it says the Rose Bowl. And it was nice enough that they lit it up for us. 
Um, and, you know, I hadn't been out there since the Rose Bowl in 2020, January, before all this bullshit happened. And uh, it was cool to be there sober for <laughs> the first time possibly ever. And uh, I was backstage and stuff, and there was, uh, you know, there was some stuff, you know, I could have partaked in, and I didn't. Didn't have any booze, didn't have any weed. You know, he can microdose these, and I was just like, no, 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 no. You know, I started to feel like I was an airplane, you know, when the guy's trying to walk through the airport, and the Hari Krishners, and everybody's coming up to him, and he's just throwing him out of the way. Uh, it was really fun, but uh, the people that sponsored it was a really, I wish I knew the name of them, a uh, really cool uh, weed company or whatever. And I guess they got the best vaporizer ever out there. So I got that for my wife. Um, but it felt good. And they said, you want, some, you want some weed? And I said, no, I don't smoke weed. It felt good to say that, all of that shit. No, I don't drink. So I think I'm going to try to do this again next month. Now, here's the thing. I am not done forever with booze. Maybe booze. I don't know. But any of this shit. But, like, I am done using it the way I was using it where I was using it as uh, a way to numb pain. It's like, all right, I need to figure out what I'm upset about, and I need to fucking address it with an unaltered mind, figure out what it is, forgive whatever the hell it is I did or whatever somebody did to me, just and let the shit go, and then come back strong and start partying for the right reasons. <laughs> That's... That's what I'm going to do. So anyway, I, watch, um, I watched, uh, you know, racing. Oh, let me talk about, I didn't even talk about the, the Rose Bowl show. So it was like 700 people in cars. Um, and the crowd was fucking amazing, even though you couldn't hear 90% of them. Fortunately, there were some people with pickup trucks and people who were sitting outside and they were laughing. They were kind of down front so I could sort of play off of them. But uh, I am not going to lie to you, dude. It was, it was, uh, you know, there were moments where, you know, if I didn't make those two little pockets of people laughing, it just, I, I felt, I was joking. I felt like I was in a sci-fi movie and I was pleading for my life in front of this unsympathetic board of, of whatever they were that I couldn't quite see. Um, but it was a real fun show. David Spade was out there, Jeff Ross, uh, some younger, newer, younger comics that I met. Um, this one guy, a former Marine, coming up. His last name was Simpson. I forget his first name, but uh, just met a really lot of cool people out there. Um, Adam Eagit was there. Uh, all of the Shores, Paulie, Peter, and Scott were all there. It was fucking. It was great. Everybody got you know tested, rapid tested, so you could fucking hang out. I still wore the mask, you know. So, but uh, I went up there, had a great time, and then I got to bring up one of my favorite comics of all time, Ian Edwards, who has an amazing special called Ian Talk, and uh, it was great. I had a great fucking time. Great goddamn weekend. So, just when that uh, couldn't get any better, um, MotoGP and F1 racing started this weekend, right? And I woke up, I was like, oh, fuck. Did I miss it? You know, did I miss them or whatever? And the F1 race, I'm not going to lie to you. I missed the first like 30 something laps. So I watched the last half of the race. Um, the MotoGP I put on during the Moto2 race. So, of course, I'm looking for the American there. 
native of Los Angeles, Joe Roberts, who was in eighth place when I watched him, finished sixth, I believe. And then I watched the the MotoGP race, which, um, you know, I didn't realize that... uh, Actually, well, I, I knew that Mark Marquez wasn't going to be in it. He had some uh, another difficulty. You know, he broke his uh, humerus last year, and he had some sort of complications or something that he's uh, working out. But I noticed I didn't see. Uh, that's hilarious. I'm looking for Andre Davizioso, and it comes up. Andre Davizioso wife comes up first. Uh, and I wasn't sure if does does this guy have a ride this year. Vizio man doubts MotoGP race return in 2021. Oh, he won't be back. Like that was my favorite uh, rider in in the in the main main thing there. But anyway, he'll be back. Um, sucks he's not there. But I watched the race, and um, Maverick Vinales won it. It was a great race. I missed the very first lap because the people who were coming to switch the shit around in my office here came. And I was watching it live for once, first time since it's it's hasn't been on uh, channel two twenty on Direct TV. But uh, what was amazing was uh, was it is it Johan Mir or whatever I don't know what the fuck his name is. He was in second place last year's championship, and he's hanging on to the very end. And then he took a turn wide right at the end, and there was two Ducatis right behind him. Um. And they did the old slipstream there. And then it's great, the announcers. And now, oh, here come the Ducati! The Ducatis! Fucking screaming their asses off. I mean, nothing gets me off the fucking couch like MotoGP. It's fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. It was a great race. So I posted about it. And then everybody goes, I hope you watch that F1 race. It looks like Max Verstappen finally has a fucking car to uh, compete with uh, Lewis Hamilton. So I got all excited, like, oh, fuck. Did Max Verstappen beat Lewis Hamilton, right? Because Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes are just so fucking better than everybody else. I have to fight hating Lewis Hamilton because he's so fucking good. I mean, I understand they got more money and shit, so that's annoying. So anyway, I'm watching the fucking race. I put it on and I'm like, you know, and uh, of course, Lewis Hamilton's in the lead. And I'm watching the race and I'm watching, I'm watching. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, Max Verstappen just keeps closing the gap, closing the gap. He's behind five point something seconds, four point something seconds, three point something seconds. They starts talking about the uh, what do they what do they call that? Not the slipstream. The uh, he's going to have the whatever the fuck they call it. Begins with a D. I can't remember anything because um, I'm doing nine million things, obviously. Uh, so he gets right on his ass, and then Lewis Hamilton does something that you never see him do. He makes a fucking mistake. Turn 10, he goes wide. And Max Verstappen is right on his ass, and he's got that fucking whatever the fuck they call it. And, you know, like the next t- place he has space, he goes to the outside of him. And, dude, I am jumping up and down. Jumping up and down. He fucking blows by him. And there's like fucking two laps left or something, three laps left. And I'm freaking out. Oh, my God, he's going to do it. It's going to be great racing this year. Woo! Right? Screaming. And then all of a sudden, he just slows down. And he lets Lewis pass him. And my jump just slowed down. So I was just bouncing on my toes. I was like, what the, what the, fuck, what the fuck just happened? 
You know, Hamilton's he had no back end. He was flying. His ass end was all over the fucking track. Max Verstappen had, had, had total control of his car. He went by him, and all of a sudden, he just he fucking slows down. He lets the guy go past him. What the fuck is going on? And then the announcer's like, "Oh, he, he when he passed him, he, he wasn't on the track, so he has to let him go by." And I was just like, Ugh. and he was still close to him, but I just knew. I just knew. I'm like, Lewis Hamilton does not fuck up twice. Once every fucking 20 races, he will fuck up. And then when you go by him, you cannot fuck up at all. And if you do fuck up, that's it. The race is over. And they were screaming and yelling. The announcers were screaming and yelling, trying to get me back up off the couch. But I did not get back off the couch because I've been watching since 2015. Okay, I'm still new. But I have watched long enough to know that the race was over. And I just was slowly sat down on the couch, sank into the cushions. And I just sat there expressionless. And of course, Max Verstappen's car, because he got off the track, there was something in his tire. All of a sudden, he's having problems. He can't close the gap. Downdraft, that's what they call it. I don't know if he's going to get close. He's not going to get close enough. The fucking race is over. And I cannot tell you how disappointed I was that uh, Max Verstappen didn't win. But then at the end of the race, I was I was still excited where I was like, listen, okay, Lewis Hamilton is the Derek Jeter, the Tom Brady, the Bill Russell, the Bobby Orr, the Michael Jordan of this sport. Okay? So... But all of those people, other than Michael Jordan, because Michael just had no competition, but all of those people needed, they like, you know, Joe Montana needed Elway. Bill Russell needed Will Chamberlain. Bobby Orr, I don't know if he had any peer, but there was still guys like Ken Dryden, just amazing goalies and shit. Um, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, that great duel. You know, and in the end, whoever's the best, you know, A-Rod and, and Derek Jeter and Nomar was a thing for a while. Um, and then just at some point, the greatest of all time just pulls away from all of them. So what I'm hoping is to get a little Brady Peyton Manning thing going on here with Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. But it looks like Max Verstappen has a great car. And I, I, I was tweeting. I really hope this isn't a fluke um, because F1 is one of the great sports of all fucking time. And, and, and it, they just haven't had. Every sport goes through it. There'll just be a period that happens where there's just the competition isn't where it needs to be. Um, so I am really excited about uh, F1 for the first time in like two, three years because I've kind of been like lazily watching it. You know, I would watch the start of the rain be like, all right, well, Lewis gotten, you know, if he's in first place after the first turn, the fucking race is over. So I would just wait for that race where he somehow fucked up in the time trial once I'd be 20 races. And he was like, you know, starting from like the second or third position, then it could be fun to watch him basically overtake people eventually. So another thing that I put to bed was I never understood in the Moto2 race, this guy from Great Britain won. And whenever they win, they would play what I knew as my country tis of thee. My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. Of the I see, and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, why are they playing our song? 
right? And then I just finally looked up and I just said, my, I looked up my country tis of thee and uh, <laughs> looked up that and I wrote, looked up England's national anthem and it turns out we ripped them off. It's their song. I, did, I didn't know that. So ours goes, my country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee. I sing, land where I'm on and all that shit. Their song, it's kind of hilarious lyrics. It goes, God save our gracious queen. Long live our noble queen. God save the queen. Now, right off the bat, you can't tell me that bitch wasn't looking over the dude's shoulder as he was writing the lyrics. Yes, you gotta mention me in every fucking line. Send her victorious, happy and glorious, long to reign over us. God save the queen. I mean, how fucking pussy whipped are us? Are they long to reign over us? They're like just total fucking cucks to this lady, right? Then what I like, this is this really interesting lyrics. Uh, our Lord, our God, arise, scatter our animals. Just trying to make it rhyme. And make them full. I love this part here. Confound their politics, frustrate their navish tricks. <laughs> navish tricks, I don't want to say that. On the uh, hopes we fix, God save us all. Um, and this is this the New World Order one? Here's the New World Order one part. Not in this land alone, but be God's mercies known from shore to shore. Here we go. Lord, make the nation see that men should brothers be and form one family. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> The wide world over or whatever. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. There's the Illuminati. They wrote that stanza. So that's cool. So that's, um, that's the national anthem and his typical yank. I, I, did, I had no fucking idea. Been watching race, racing forever. I'm like, are they giving us shit that the English guy won that they're fucking playing our song? You know, like that time I saw the Stanford band play uh, the Farmers Only. You don't have to be lonely when they were playing Iowa. At the Rose Bowl, I thought they were giving a shit. So it turns out it's their national anthem, which is called God Save the Queen. Great fucking tune. And it also makes me appreciate the title of uh, the Sex Pistol album. Right? With that angry redheaded bastard, right? God Save the Queen. Right. I'm saying it ironically. Um, it's amazing how angry that guy still is. Is it Joni Ralton? Right, my, I'm living up to me name. I'm in a rotten mood, always. Are those flowers? I don't like them. Um, <laughs> that guy makes me look like a fucking breath of fresh air. Um, oh, Jesus. Now, where in the fuck am I? Goddamn. I swear to God, you close a fucking window and then everything just goes away. This is, um, you know what it is? Because I'm writing all of this shit right now. Oh, are you, Bill? Are you what are you fucking Drake working on the weekend like usual? Nobody asked you, Drake. Nobody asked you how often you work and what you're doing. Okay, I've said it before. You work for yourself. If you don't want to work this weekend, then don't. That's that's up to you. You're you're a hundred percent in control. Um. All right. So anyway, so now I'm I'm adding. Now that I am, I am uh, going to try to go another month. Oh, Jesus. Another month with nothing but having one chocolate malt a week, which I can't even fucking do that because if I eat that, then I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I want a steak dinner. I want some something salty. 
some mashed potatoes or whatever. Um, a fucking coaster. Dude, you know what's overrated is a goddamn fucking coaster. A coaster has to have weight to it. Because if you fucking put a glass on it, the condensation then makes the glass stick to the fucking coaster. And if the coaster doesn't have any weight, you go to pick it up and then it falls on the fucking floor. These are the frustrations of the first world. Um, yeah, so I'm going to try to add yoga. Oh, Jesus. I got to do it. I said I was going to go sting in my 50s. All right, because that fucking guy looks amazing. He looks fucking amazing. Sting is still fuckable, and he's 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 almost seventy. I mean, look, I know he's got he he has zillions of dollars. I know he lives in a castle, right? Um, but still, that guy, if he walked into a fucking bar, he you know without even playing bass, if he wasn't famous, that guy could still fucking he could pull something out of there. He might have to drag it out of the mud at this point, but he could drag something out of there. Go home, right? So seems to be what he does, right? He does yoga and he fucks for like three days straight. I don't know what he does. Practices his base in odd time. I'm just going to do what the fuck he does because I want to be in, in, in his shape. Um, and I'll tell you right now, you don't do that by fucking making a goddamn chocolate malt every week. It just throws your whole fucking week off. Oh, I had another one last night. Oh, it's fucking delicious. <laughs> it's my fucking, it's my everything now. It's my crack, my heroin. You know, at least I, I split it with my wife. And I would be lying to you if I didn't resent her when I have to pour that one half into her little thing, her little glass. You know, I do the whole thing. I put the whipped cream on it. I put a little fucking cherry on top. It's the gayest thing ever. And I fucking love it. Uh, but it does throw my diet off for the whole fucking week. So anyway, I woke up this morning, but do 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 And I did, you know, worked out. And then I went for a nice long walk with my son. Um, he was in a great mood. I had an awesome time with him, with him this morning. I'm starting to think he might be a drummer because we have this little metal table. And he always pulls himself up on it. And his little fat hand, you know, his little fat baby hands. They got fat feet, little fat hands, right? And he just fucking banging on it, right? So I'll just play a little rhythm, whatever. And he stops. And he, his eyes get all wide and he gets psyched. And he's banging again. It's so funny. He holds himself so close to it that it's his palm all the way to his elbow. It's just whacking down on this thing, right? Um, his little fat arm. So I don't know. I'm not going to force music on either one of my kids, but I'm definitely going to expose him to it. We'll, we will see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But all right, let me let me read a little bit of advertising here, and then I'll talk to you about uh, some more shit about driving my truck now that I got it back. Um, okay, here we go. Oh Jesus, what do we got here? How many we got here? How many we got here? Couple, two, three, four. Okay, all oh, these are all fun ones. Butcher box. When I need to be eating at night, I need to eat a nice fucking protein size upon my hand and some greens. Drink some water and go to bed. No chocolate malts. All right, put your box, everybody. Oh, speaking of which, I uh, fuck, forget, uh, not, not fuck, put your box, but hang on a second with those guys. So I was talking to Al Del Benny, right? And I was talking about trying to be sober and that type of shit, right? And I talked to him, I was making these chocolate malts, and he was laughing, saying whatever works. And I said, yeah, they're different than, you know, the malts were from the Midwest. It was different than, you know, 
the East Coast that had the fraps, and then he wrote Fribble. And I had not thought about this. This place in the East Coast called Friendlies, and they had the Fribble. And they had a big plastic glass with the red writing, a Friendlies Fribble. And then through looking that up, I realized that in, in Rhode Island, they have something called an awful, awful. This is the, what the internet does to you, right? So now I'm going down a, a malt, frap, fribble, awful, awful rabbit hole, enjoying every second of it. So the awful, awful started, I think, in New Jersey. And it was their version where they, they don't use, uh, what is it? I, I don't know what the fuck it is. They use like frozen milk or something like that. There's something different that they, it gives it a different texture. So they gave it to some fucking guy back then to try it out. And he said, it's, what do you think? He said, it's awful big and it's awful good or something like that. So they started calling it the awful, awful, which is really a terrible name for something so delicious. But evidently, there's some sort of creamery or some shit in Rhode Island where they make one. And now, guess what? This is what I have to do. <laughs> you know what's funny? I remember reading about ACDC. And when everybody in the beginning used to see Angus Young doing all that shit, bouncing up and down like a fucking lunatic, the whole show, everybody thought, like, how, many, how much drugs is that, is that guy on? And he wasn't on any drugs. He was stone sober. And his shit was, he sm- after the show, he smoked cigarettes and he drank a chocolate shake. All right? And if you ever watched Angus play guitar, how much he moves and how fucking skinny he still is, and the fact that he's five foot nothing... And the fat has nowhere to go. You know, a tall person, it's easy for them, easier for them to be skinnier. They got places to hide the fat, right? This guy's got nowhere to put it. He's still thin as a rail. And it makes me think back to that guy going, like, cardio burns fat, right? No. Well, fucking talk to Angus Young, man. All right, sorry. So that's on my list when this whole pandemic ends. When it fucking ends. When we have the Hatfields and McCoys of the fucking vaccinated and the non-vaccinated. You know, I keep saying to people who don't want to get the vaccine, I go, so back in the day when they cured polio, you wouldn't have got that fucking vaccine. You just would have walked around with one leg bigger than the other one. And they're like, well, no, that's back when they did it right. I go, what do you mean back when they did it right? They were doing just as much fucked up shit. They were doing more fucked up shit back then. Where the civil rights movement was, there's all kinds of they, The fucking cars you drove, you hit a tree, the whole fucking engine and steering wheel went into your chest. You squirt it out the side like toothpaste. But, you know, people have... I, like, I only give shit to white people. I don't give shit to black people because uh, the government did give them syphilis. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm just saying, you know. I, I, we do not condone giving of syphilis to people of color on this podcast. All right. And with that, let's get to the advertising. Um, I can't get to the advertising because I, I still have too much to talk about. Another thing, you know who I like to another driver? I love Max Verstappen. Uh, but Sebastian Vettel, I love that guy because he has a temper. And he clearly, this guy passed him in the race, and he clearly just smashed into the back of him. And then he immediately goes, he goes, why'd he leave his line? <laughs> I think he gets mad when people pass him. And then he fucking drives into him. And then he throws his hands up like, what happened? I, I, I don't know what happened. You know? And then you got Kimi Raikkonen, who's just above it all driving like a fucking maniac in, in some car that, that's not worthy of having him. Um, anyway, I'm just psyched that... I'm just psyched that... Uh, 
you know, Max Verstappen, hopefully we'll have a car that can compete with Lewis Hamilton. It's going to be fun. All right. Anyways, here, let's, here we go. Now here's the advertising. Butcher box, everybody. All right. Talk about what you're planning for spring cleaning, etc. rearranging, redecorating rooms, throwing out junk, organizing the, the, uh, the kitchen or the office. Well, I believe I already talked about it. Um, you know, I have a bunch of knickknacks that people gave me that uh, I'm going to be giving out to people at shows. Um, just because I have like a lot of clutter here and you know, I appreciated everybody that gave me that stuff and I held on to it for years and I would think about the shows and everything, but I'm, I'm drowning in it. So I have to, you know, pass it on to other people. Um, the same way I'm getting rid of some of my Letterman suits and Conan O'Brien suits, shit that I wore from way back in the day. Uh, I got to figure out a cool way to give those to somebody who gives a fuck. Um, or maybe I'll donate them to the Comedy and Magic Club because they have a, basically, they have a ridiculous museum of uh, all kinds of stand-up stuff, like a Smithsonian level deal with that. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm doing that shit. Um, anyway, you might not love cleaning, but you can something. But you can't help the feeling... You can't help feeling great about taking care of your space. No, absolutely. I, 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 I used to come into my office and I get depressed because everything was just fucking all over the place. And now it's the... Uh, I can see clearly now the shit is gone. Um, anyway, and taking care of what goes on in your plate is just as important. Jesus, am I learning that the hard way or what? Butcher Box helps you make mealtime moments feel special year round each month they send a box of the highest quality meat for a better price than in the grocery store giving you more time to spend cooking and sharing delicious high quality meals with family and friends my favorite cut is i don't know you know usually i'm loving the uh the heritage uh breed pork but i think um i don't know i'm kind of into the organic chicken or maybe the steak i kind of been craving steak lately Anyway, it's the best meal shipped right to my door, which means one less trip to the grocers. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, my favorite heritage breed pork, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon. You don't know what they're going to do. And sugar-slash-nitrate-free bacon. Mmm, bacon. It's the way meat should be. Butcher Box is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With Butcher Box, you get the highest quality meat uh, around, uh, meet around for just $6 a meal. And they even have free shipping nationwide except Alaska and Hawaii. Uh, all right, right now, ButcherBox is offering my new, offering new members ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for, for the life of their subscription. That's free food, people. And for all Monday morning podcast listeners, ButcherBox is offering $10 off their first box. That's two pounds of ground beef for life. Uh, for, uh, for free, for life, free for life, uh, for the life of the subscription. Uh, plus $10 off your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash burr. That's butcherbox.com slash capital B-U-R-R. All right, candid. Uh, unhappy with your smile? You don't have to be. You know, thousands of people have used Candid, the clear, comfortable, removable, and practically invisible aligners to help straighten their teeth. And now they love their smile. It's like losing weight for your teeth. You know what I mean? If you're a fucking mushy tub of shit like I am right now, you're not taking your shirt off down the pool. 
you know, but you straighten yourself out. You got that shirt off, you're stretching, you're giving people directions, slowly pointing, showing off your guns, right? We ever think that, you know, your lips are the shirt for your teeth? And how long you been covering them up or maybe bringing your hand up? Because whenever you smile, people hear the theme to Austin Powers. Shagadelic, baby, right? You don't want to hear people thinking about Mike Myers when you're smiling, right? Listen to these, listen to these testimonials. Cameron S. Cameron S. Newton? No. Cameron S. Nashville, Tennessee. You know, once, once I started Candid, my life completely changed. I started going to the gym more. I started eating better. I even have better dental hygiene. My goal for my wedding was perfect teeth, and Candid got me there. And Candid is here to help straighten your teeth so you can fall in love with your smile, too. And if you fall in love with it, who knows? Maybe somebody else will, too. Your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. You'll have the same quality of care you'll get from an in-office orthodontist from the comfort and convenience of your own home. I mean, Jesus Christ. When you really think about what they're doing for you, okay, how much they're they're, they're, they're literally, if you have straight fucking teeth, your number goes up. If you're a four, now you're a five, maybe a six. Drop a few pounds with butcher bucks. Look at them tying them all together. And while other companies use general dentists, Candid only works with orthodontists. These are specialists for your teeth. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish, so you never have to wonder how you're doing. The average Candid treatment is just six, is just six months. Uh, you'll start seeing, seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. Become your best you. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, you can save $75 on Candid Starter Kit. Go to Candid CO, Charlie Oscar. CandidCO.com slash Burr and use the code Burr. That's CandidCO.com slash Burr. Code Burr. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. CandidCO.com slash Burr. Code Burr. B-U-R-R. You know what's hilarious? Is I actually, you know, the other side is if you have crooked teeth, I think you have a lot less chance of being attacked by a gorilla. Because when people go to the zoo and they smile, when you show your teeth to a gorilla, that means, you know, you want to take his fucking bananas or some shit. I don't really know. So you got to keep them covered up. So if you actually have crooked teeth, the only advantage of crooked teeth is you will not get beat up by a gorilla at the zoo. But other than that, other than that, you're going to be walking around, dragged down by your teeth, being looked at as a three or a four, when you could be a strong six or a seven, depending on how far you take the gym thing. You know? All right, me undies, everybody. Ba doot doot doot, me undies, me undies, fix your crooked teeth. Ba doot doot doot, me undies, me undies, then cover that fucking beef with some nice soft panties or maybe underwears. You might be transitioning. I don't care. Get this shit and pay for it and use my code so I make money so I can keep fixing my truck. All right, no skid mocks on these. All right, MeUndies, everybody. MeUndies believes that comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin. That's why MeUndies sources the softest, most comfortable fabrics imaginable. Express yourself. Uh, Every day in new limited edition prints because what you wear on the outside should empower you from the inside. That's like their whole thing, man. You know when you rush home to change into something more comfortable? That's me undies. 
It's like they pull the clouds from the sky and spin it into undies. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Uh, undies, socks, bralettes. I don't know what that is. And loungewear. Wouldn't you like to sit in the clouds in the comfort of your own home? You know, you can choose from undie styles in sizes extra small to 4XL. Everything from, from midget wrestling all the way up to Andre the Giant. The sustainably soft micro modal modal and new ultralight breathe fabrics are so comfy and well breathable so you can move freely. That's right. Your junk can sashay in the comfort of a fucking cumulus cloud um, or not. It's up to you. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund it or exchange it. Gross! Exchanging underwear. Disgusting. No caveats, no questions. Does MeUndies sell like fucking newer used underwear like they do down at the BMW fucking dealership? Pre-leased, pre-owned. Um, to get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. B-U-R-R, that's MeUndies.com slash Burr. Oh, and look who it is last. Stepping out of the shadows, everybody. It's my bookie. How the fuck you doing? You look good. I didn't go with the family. All right, get the fuck out of here. All right, whether you're a basketball fan or a fan of sports in general, everyone knows that March is the time for college ball to shine. And with my bookie, there is no shortage of opportunities to cash in. All right? And for the NCAA tournament, so far it's been a wild ride. The number one and number two seeds have both been knocked off. What? Michigan lost? Gonzaga lost? The fuck are you talking about? Hang on a second. I was so busy. I, 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 Michigan basketball, wait a second. This can't be right. This can't be right. No, they're playing right now. They're up 14-8 over the Seminoles. Jesus Christ, my bookie. You freaking me the fuck out. The number one and two seeds, what, in one region? All right, anyway. Okay, let's get back on the trap here. The number one seed have been knocked off. I mean, what top seed hasn't been sent packing? The dogs are barking. Uh, But if college ball isn't your jam, man, take a swing at the MLB lock of the season with a bet you simply cannot lose. Uh, MYB has lowered, um, oh, my bookie has lowered the over under on total runs to 0.5 for the opening day matchup between the Dodgers and Rockies. So smash that over and grab your free money. People talk about who you're betting on to win March madness. Who's in your bracket. I got the Michigan Wolverines. I went all in, all in. Here comes the river. Sign up today, mybookie.ag, and use promo code BURR, B-U-R-R, to secure your first deposit. Bonus up to $1,000. That's mybookie.com with promo code BURR to claim your free cash bonus and add even more excitement to sports, to the sports you love. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. I you, I fuck you doing? All right, get the fuck out of here. All right, let's do the questions here for the week. For the week, for the week. British lady listener responding to male Brit listener. Hey, Bill, cheerio. Um, I'm a longtime lady listener, and you are keeping me company in my kitchen office as I work from home through this pandemic. That's great. Oh, I'm Scottish. You prefer Bella Willem. Bella Willem, you prefer Bella Willem. 
What the fuck's the fucking podcast? I'm, I can't do a Scottish accent. Um, I'm Scottish, but I live in Wales. Um, I, live in, I lived in London for 15 years. Jesus Christ. I get around. Before moving here so my husband and I could actually afford to buy a house. I'm responding to the male Brit who emailed you about the proposed curfew for men, which was suggested after a young woman was snatched from the street and murdered by a serving London police officer. Wow. See that? America is an American story right there happening in London. American piece of shit in a lunch. See, it's not, it's not always us. All right, the background to this is before the cops had worked it worked out, it was one of their own officers. Oh, oh, before the cops had worked it out. Wait. Before the cops had worked out, it was one of their own officers who had kidnapped and murdered this girl. This is so fucking horrible. The Met, London police had advised that all women should stay at home to avoid the same thing happening to them. The female member of parliament who suggested the male curfew. Oh, because a guy did it to the woman. That's so fucking stupid. What do you think the fucking serial killer is going to be like? Well, I guess I'll st- I guess I got to stay home. I-, I guess I got to start following rules now. Baroness Jones did so in protest and to provoke a response. She later said, I'm just trying to highlight the fact that when the police victim blame by asking women to stay at home, we don't react, but when I suggest it for men, everyone is up in arms. Um, they're not victim blaming. They're trying to fucking protect you because this is what this person is going after. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. I swear to God. The only thing that's important right now in life is that scientists said by 2050, the amount of plastic in the ocean is going to outweigh the amount of fish. I just watched this fucking thing where these fish are up at the top of the surface because there's no oxygen in the water and these whales have to create a new way of hunting because of all the plastic we're throwing in there. And everybody's going like, right, they're fucking victim blame. They're victim blame trying to save your fucking life. You know, if the cops could say, hey, can all psychopath women killing serial killers all stay home this evening? Then you could go out. Victim blame. Jesus fucking Christ. The world has gone fucking nuts. If somebody was out there killing redheads and the cops told me to stay home, I wouldn't be like, stop freckle blaming. I would fucking stay home. Or maybe, you know, start working with the cops and walk down the street with a revealing outfit and try to lure the guy out of the bushes. (laughs) Wearing my little wire. On my brassiere. Uh, the listener who told you about the suggested male curfew sounds like a little like my husband, who responded by saying, not all men do that, and a curfew for men criminalizes the good guys. I wholeheartedly agree that not even close to all men behave or act like that, but almost all women have been affected by male violence at some point in their life uh you know and we've been all been affected by toxic women and psycho chicks too okay human beings are unbelievably flawed having said all this if the cops told me to stay home because there's some piece of shit out there kidnapping and fucking uh you know killing women i I would stay home because i get their thing where it's kind of like all right well this guy has this hunger he needs to feed he's gonna go out he's gonna go uh he's gonna go out no wait Wait, the cops didn't tell the guys. Oh, now I'm all confused. The lady said for the guys to stay home. 
I don't give a fuck. This is what I would do. If I was a man or a woman, whatever the cops are telling me to do, they're trying to catch the fucking guy. So I would listen to the cops and I'd stop making it about yourself, male or female. All right. Anyway, to give you an idea, just a few things that have happened to me are I was severely beaten up in the street by an ex-boyfriend. I took that fucker to court and he was convicted. Almost 20 years later, I still have nerve damage in my face from it. Jesus Christ. On a morning commute to work, I was struck in the nose. In nose to tail London traffic. A suited and booted douchebag in the Mercedes next to me was wanking whilst looking me dead in the eye. I sat with my hand on the horn, shouting out the window and pointing until he put his shaky, his skanky dick away. Jesus Christ. What the fuck is going on in London? I was horribly and intimately groped by a man on the London tube. I was filming in Belgium. Oh, Jesus. At least you fucking finally left London. I work in uh, TV production and some dickhead member of the public came out of nowhere and groped my tit before running away. I was wrapped up in a winter coat, so wasn't wearing anything that caused me to, quote, ask for it. This is horrible. Stating the obvious. Most recently, I was followed home in the dark by some angry crackhead guy as he was so messed up on whatever shit he'd taken, I could... I could thankfully run faster than him and got into my house before he reached my street and worked out where I lived. Every single female friend I have has similar to worse stories than mine. Worse stories than nerve damage 20 years later. Every single female friend you have. So whilst I agree that not all men behave like this, instead of pissing and moaning, it would be helpful for guys if guys got as angry when the authorities suggested us women should stay at home to avoid being raped and murdered. On a lighter note, we're looking forward to when you're going to be back over. Yeah, I think both sexes need to just listen to the cop because I think you said it there. The authorities are trying to make sure you don't get raped and murdered. That, that Just let the cops do their work. Everybody get out of their own ego and stop making this fucking Hatfields and McCoys. There's a bunch of great women and men out there that would like to see this guy get caught. And the people whose job it is to get him caught are the cops. So if they come up with a game plan, why don't you go with it? It's like when the doctors come up with a game plan to beat a virus. Why don't you go with it instead of trying to become your own fucking doctor? But whatever. What do I know? I'm just a fucking comedian. All right. Plowing ahead here. Um, All right. Men's curfew. Another one. Hello, Rusty Bill. Hello, Rusty Bill. Just addressing the email you received regarding a men's curfew. The suggestion was tongue in cheek. Oh, I didn't realize that. The narrative is women must not travel alone, but out at night after a certain time, dress appropriately, etc. To be safe. So in response, women are saying they are not the ones who should be changing their behavior as it's men who are more likely to be the cause of violent crime against both genders. Uh, That is, okay, the idea, that is so astoundingly fucking stupid because you're talking about someone who would rape, murder, and kidnap somebody as if they are a rational human being, as if the only reason... That they're doing this, like, they're trying to increase the odds of you not getting picked. That's all they're doing while they go after this guy and try and find him. That's all the fuck they're trying to do. They're trying to catch this guy. And everybody's like, well, how come you don't do that? I, I, I give up. I give up with all of that shit. All right, millennials. What's up, you old Gen X ginger balls? <laughs> now, what's up, old Gen X ginger balls? Um, 
I've heard you talk a, a few times recently about enjoying these young crowds and how they're not getting offended as millennials, millennials do. Figure I'd let you know that these young people at your show most likely are millennials. <clears throat> no, they're not. And I know the ages of millennials, so don't even start. The youngest millennials are 25. So unless you're performing to a bunch of 21 and 24-year-olds, you've got us, I say us, 27-year-olds. No, no, this was a super young fucking crowd. I understand you guys are also all the way up to almost 40 years old. I'm the one who's been saying how old fucking millennials are. Don't fucking preach this back to me. Okay, I'm telling you, there's been a shift. And I'll give credit to maybe the ass end of millennials. But that front end of millennials are fucking horrific. Fucking horrific. And I, I performed in front of enough of them. But I understand that you're a millennial, so you have to defend your generation, which is why you called me Gen X, even though... I don't identify Gen X because Gen X is somehow tied into grunge and grunge killed, took all my music, all my fucking metal music off of the, the MTV back when they played music, the countdown. All right. An ex-Muslim problem. No, Jesus. Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. Hello, Newman. Um, I watched every stand-up you've done, you've had online and been a longtime fan. Well, thank you. Although I didn't pay attention to the podcast till you took mushrooms. <laughs> Okay, I'm a Kurdish man born in Musi, Iraq. I hope I said that right. I grew up, I grew up during the the war, and saw a lot of death. I got used to death at the age of nine to twelve. Is that the saddest fucking thing? That was his childhood, because of these banker cunts and these oil companies. It's fucking ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. It always comes down to those two fucking cunt energy and money comes down to those two fucking cunts, no matter where it is. No matter where it is. Um, anyway, one of our neighbor uh, that was an officer died during the war. They brought his body in a truck wrapped up with a blanket that was exactly like mine. At night, I couldn't sleep and think about him in death. I was taught to never question God, but I was questioning God that night to the things that are happening. Yeah, that's a totally normal when you see what human beings can do to other human beings, shit, if you see what animals do to some other animals, like why are they Komodo dragons? You know, I understand they got to kill to eat. Why can't they just kill them? They start eating them before they're even dead. I mean, it's just like fucking ridiculous. Um, it was the most terrifying time of my life because I thought God is going to kill me for thinking this way. Well, welcome to organized religion. But obviously nothing happened. I stopped questioning God or religion till ISIS came along. Uh, when... Ye- Yazitis got attacked by, it says IS, I don't know if that's ISIS or what. In 2014, they got kicked out of their homes and, kid- and kidnapped their girls and women to be served as slaves to, members, to IS members. I went to Sinjar Mountain to help them while they were coming down from the mountain. An old woman run down to an officer, jumped on his feet, kissing and kowtowing, begging him to bring her granddaughter back from IS that was the moment I lost my religion and the idea of God. I couldn't live there anymore, so I moved to Sweden. Jesus Christ, this is a fucking heavy email. My family doesn't know that I'm not a religious person anymore. If I did tell them, they would never talk to me, but it's fine for them not to know. That's the smartest thing to do. So my problem is that I've fallen in love with a Kurdish girl that is religious. I did tell her that I'm not religious because she deserves to know. She cried for two days and then told me she's okay with it. 
I guess she's hoping that I'll change my mind in the future, which I'm very sure that I won't. Every time I remind her that I'm not religion religious person, she just ignores it. Uh, I always thought that love is a silly thing that doesn't exist till I meet her, till I met her. Uh, we are engaged now. We've talked about kids recently. I told her that I do not want kids to grow up with any religious ideas, but she thinks they'll be monsters if we did that. I'm okay with her being religious, but I'm definitely not okay with my kids growing up on those ideas. Love is strong, but not strong enough to choose your life partner. Uh, we've been we've knowing each other for over three years now. And that's the end of the email. Yeah, you need to work that out before you marry her. Um, but you know, you're allowed to think what she, you think, and she's allowed to think what she thinks. You know, if she's if it works for her, it works for her, and. But I definitely, I 100% see, when I see what people do to other people, um, yeah, I just don't, like, the, the capability of fucking evil is just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think if there is a God that made us, he or she could have done a lot better fucking job. Um, all right, fat people bragging. Dear Billy Zigzag, I don't care who gets the vaccine before me because I'm not an at-risk person. I do, however, think it's fucking crazy that fat people are bragging about getting the vaccine first on social media. I keep seeing threads of people, pictures of fat people throwing up peace signs like they won something. These high-risk people were the excuse to shut down businesses for a year, and they're the first ones to be able to go back and eat at a restaurant. And Dude, you should be a comedian. This is a killer bit. And somehow someone will think I'm a dick for complaining. How about a tad bit of shame for not taking care of yourself? Yeah, and slowing down the herd. I, I agree. I agree. You should turn that into your first stand-up bit. Or just for the fuck of it, sign up for an open mic and just do that. and Get it off your chest. And as, even if you bomb, there'll be one person laughing. And that, I'm telling you, it'll make your day. All right, cruising for a bruising. Dear Billy the Orange Creamsicle. I know you're trying to trash me, but I kind of like that one. They call him the creamsicle kid. <laughs> um, I am a 22-year-old uh, university graduate from Toronto, Canada. Working on the weekend like usual. And I, can, I am currently working a job landscaping to make money until I start firefighter school this summer. Anyway. I have recently picked up a bad habit of boozing very consistently since the start of the pandemic. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, are drinking heavily. I'm bored, and what can I say? I like my beer. I am drinking anywhere between four and eight beers every other night, and sometimes more often than not. Uh, I think every other night is more often than not. Well, no, that's 50-50, right? No, I suck at math. I drink every night. Oh, and sometimes more often than not, I drink every night. I know you've been sober for a number of years now. Sort of. I was California sober, as Josh Adam Myers says. And basically, weed then kind of took over, you know, and I was having an edible like four or five times a fucking, you know, a week. And then I was just like, this is, I have a problem again. So now I had to walk away from that. Um, so I've really just been sober since February 28th. So he says, I am thinking I should follow in your footsteps or at least drop down the number of days a week I'm drinking. I don't know about you, but I use booze to calm my anxiety and spice up my days so I don't spiral into a fit of depression. Hey, welcome to the club. Um, he goes, however, as we all know, 
Too much booze can lead to bad decisions that make you feel like a piece of shit the next morning, and I absolutely hate that feeling. I have talked to a therapist before, and it didn't do a whole lot for me. Anyway, I am just looking for some tips on how you got the booze out of your life because I don't want my future to go down the wrong path. Thanks a lot. I love the podcast. All the best to you, the lovely Neil, and your wonderful kids. Cheers and go fuck yourself. Um, all right. Well, everybody's different. For me, um, I just was done with booze. And I had kids, and I felt I had a, only a daughter at that point. I just didn't feel good about being drunk, down, getting drunk downstairs while she was sleeping upstairs. Um, yeah, and then fucking... And then whenever I would have like an edible, I, you know, if I was high, I would just be like, she, and I'd be like, you know, she's sleeping, nothing's going to happen, I can do this, and it's just stupid. If something does happen, what the fuck? We have earthquakes out here, God knows what could happen, I'd be high as shit. It was stupid. So um, the big thing that's making you do it, that made me do it, was this underlying depression and sadness from all the shit that made me want to be, you know, drove me into being a comedian. And I think at some point... You kind of have to work that out. Uh, maybe you had the wrong therapist. Maybe you weren't ready for therapy, but it's always good to talk to somebody about it. You know, talk to a therapist. I said, I tried therapy. It hasn't worked, you know, for me. But, you know, I, I, I'm drinking too much, and I think I'm drinking because to stay away from these depressive thoughts, and that's not the right reason to drink. So um, I would just suggest being really open to either friends and family about it and try to get a new therapist if you can and just put it out there and tell people that you're drinking too much and you don't want to drink and you're drinking for the wrong reasons and you want to stop and if you ask for help people you'll be surprised people will will really help you out and um you know i'll tell you the great thing about not boozing is the next morning you feel great you don't have to apologize to anybody and you know everything you said was what you meant was you know was what you wanted to say at least um all right here we go last one here i am a jealous girlfriend um all right hey bill i'm a 25 year old woman with some abandonment slash daddy issues i know this is who i am but not necessarily the person i want to be so of course i'm in therapy to work this stuff out well i got to commend you for knowing all that about yourself at the young age of 25 you're way ahead of the game um unfortunately my boyfriend is still sometimes subjected to my jealous nature for example the other day he invited me to come visit him at work and when i showed up i met his new co-worker who is very pretty pretty uh i should mention that i myself am beautiful but even if i wasn't i know my boyfriend loves me to the end of the earth and doesn't want to be with anybody else that being said i could still feel my italian blood boil when i met this girl I spent the rest of the day begging myself not to let my emotions get the best of me and say something to my boyfriend. My self-control lasted until the next morning. That's pretty good. When I finally brought it up, a short little spat ensued, but about 15 minutes later, we were both hugging and apologizing. Well, this seems, you know, this, don't beat yourself up after this. You know what your problem is and you're working your way through it. You're able to control it to the next morning. And even when it, it finally leaked out, 15 minutes later, you, you know, you were apologizing. He apologized, you know. I don't know why he apologized. You fucking started it. But, you know, that's how it works usually. <laughs> that's how the math is done. That's great, though. So anyways, he said, I told him that I understood he has no control over how attractive his coworkers are. I also know that it's normal 
to flirt a little bit outside of a relationship. I myself innocently flirt with others from time to time, so I'm being super hypocritical by getting all butthurt at the thought of him doing it. I also acknowledge that every time I get jealous like this, it probably makes him feel more and more suffocated, which will probably hurt our relationship in the long term. Uh, He handled this interaction like a champ, forgave me for getting jealous, said it was no big deal, and made a joke about me being on my period. You guys sound like you got a cool relationship to me. Um, I know he's being genuine when he says it's okay, but I can't help but put myself in his shoes. I, which is, hey, that's something that's really difficult for people to do. That's called empathy. It's a tough thing for most human beings to do, putting themselves in somebody else's shoes. Uh, if I had a partner who acted the way I did, I would probably lose a little respect for them with every incident and know I would start feeling resentful and suffocated. My question is, do you have any advice about damage control? Is there anything I can do to get a little self-respect back and relieve any guilt he might have about being attracted to other people? Furthermore, do you have any advice on how I can calm the fuck down whenever I start overthinking and getting jealous? Thanks for your insightful comedy. P.S. Go Leafs. Oh, another person from Toronto. Working on the weekend like usual. Um, I think a lot of this is in your own head. I think if you, you, you had a little hissy fit and then 15 minutes you apologized and you, you're owning up to your behavior, I don't think, I think that he knows that this is something that you're working on. So as long as you own up to it, I don't think he loses respect for you. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking like all the stuff I was reading about you, I was thinking this woman's a keeper. You know, nobody's perfect. And you actually are looking at yourself. You're examining yourself. You're in therapy. You fuck up. You apologize. You feel bad. You put yourself in the other person's shoes. You can't ask any more of that from a person. So just keep working on yourself. And I would actually not be so hard on yourself unless you don't apologize, which you did. And if it's over 15 minutes later, then, you know, I don't know. If my wife flipped out and then 15 minutes later apologizes to me, it's fucking over. It's squashed. It's like when you fight and then you're silent for the whole fucking day and then you get a half-ass apology and then they do it 10 minutes later again, that's when resentment comes in. So I think, I think you're in the clear here. You're fine. Keep working on yourself. You're way ahead of the game. You're only 25 years old. You're a kid. So uh, you're going to be fine. That, that's what I say. All right? Okay. All right, everybody. That's the podcast. Um, I don't want to tell you. I'm just looking around my fucking nice, clean office, and I'm loving life right now. I hope you guys are enjoying your life. All right? Owning up to what the fuck you're doing. Having empathy for other people. Not working for banks or oil companies. Helping out people less fortunate. Let's try to be better people, man. Um, All right, go fuck yourselves. (laughs) I'll talk to you. I'll check in on you on Thursday.